We're in Mark chapter 9. And uh, the last section we saw, when the disciples came to the house, Mark chapter 9 and verse 28. Following the deliverance of that child from the demonic oppression that controlled the child's life and sought to destroy the child's life, the Lord came and with a word delivered the child. All the affliction was gone instantly. Though the enemy made a scene, tried to tear the child apart literally, there was a big commotion. Satan was on the way out. Hallelujah. He was cast out. And when he was coming into the house, verse 28 of Mark chapter 9, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Come near to the Lord. Seek the living God. Cry out to the living God. We do this also. It's God who trains my hands for battle. His arms dependable rock. He gives me a shield of victory. His enemies fall at my feet. He is a weapon in this fight. God says, certain demonic strongholds, the cover the veil that the enemy pulls over the eyes of people can be disarmed, can be removed. We come to the Lord, seek his help to overthrow the strongholds of the devil upon the people, especially our family. We don't know the hour, how critical it is for their own souls, first of all, and for their loved ones. We begin to seek the Lord. Our energies and our concentration becomes very channeled into seeking God for a supernatural intervention when hearts are stubborn and wills are unyielding. God says this is an asset that will bring the breakthrough. That's what the Lord said. He said, this kind, this kind of evil spirit that's controlling this family requires prayer and fasting. They asked a straightforward question privately to him. He gave a straightforward answer immediately. We embrace God's truth and put it into action. God will overturn the strongest stronghold of Satan when we come to him sincerely with broken hearts, with hearts of faith. He's looking for faith. He's looking for action. What the Lord told us to do, we must do. And he says, it'll come out with prayer and fasting. The quality of the prayer depends upon the faith of the intercessor. The quality of the fasting depends on 
the faith of the intercessor. Our faith is nourished by the promises of God. Verse 30, And they departed thence and passed through Galilee. And he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. Recall that as he came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, they were questioning what does it mean about rising from the dead when they were told by the Lord that they shouldn't tell anyone what they just saw on the mountain till the Lord were risen from the dead and here he tells them again as on other occasions when he had to rebuke Peter because he just could not see God's plan. He became very emotional in trying to defend Jesus' physical life. He totally forgot all that God spoke through the prophets. And all that Jesus was saying right there in front of them. He turned to the Lord and we see God is saying something. In this case, it was a revelation of the greatest sacrifice ever in eternity. But in this point of time within eternity, the Lord was going to give his life for humanity, for all of us. But they understood not that saying about him being killed and rising on the third day and were afraid to ask him. And he came to Capernaum Mark chapter 9 verse 33 and being in the house he asked them what was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way what is it that you've been debating about and arguing but they held their peace for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest you see their immaturity and self-centeredness the Lord just revealed to them a glimpse of his glory on that mount to the three inner circle, Peter, James, and John, he demonstrated his power and the deliverance of this demon-possessed child. He delivered him perfectly whole to the Father. He just revealed to them again about his impending crucifixion and resurrection. And they heard it, but the hearts were dull, the hearts were self-centered. The hearts were not in the right place. He asked them, what are you talking about? He knew. He's going to teach them again. He's constantly teaching them. He's constantly speaking to us, constantly nourishing us, constantly directing and redirecting us because he wants us to grow in the truth and go in the flow of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. 
God is always ministering life to us by the Holy Spirit. They held their peace when he asked the question because they were again afraid. They didn't tell him, but he knew. God knows everything about us. He knows everything. To cry in the presence of God and say, Lord, you know my every secret motive, every thought. Lord, can my heart, my imagination become pure in your sight? What man can ever say I'm pure, truly before God, apart from the blood of Jesus? By the power of the Spirit, by the power of God's Word, by the power of the blood of Jesus, we can become clean where all of this wrangling about self-promotion and what people think and what I appear, how I appear to people, all this will be gone. The focus will be on someone else, the living Christ. Oh, Lord, you be exalted. Lamb of God, be exalted in my life. Oh, Lord, yes, I owe you everything. You've given me what I don't deserve, grace and mercy and peace and life. They disputed about whether one of them will be the greatest and how. When he asked them, they didn't answer. And he sat down, verse 35 of Mark 9, and called the twelve and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. It's recorded elsewhere, he that would be the greatest among you shall become the least. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. For the Son of Man himself did not come to be ministered to, but to minister to serve. True Christians, true disciples of Jesus pour out. The pouring out is not mere external charity, but is an inward charity because the Holy Spirit is recorded in 1 Corinthians 13. Even if I were to give all my goods to the poor, including giving my body over to death to be burned I can give and keep giving and yet there may be a detachment in the heart which is not connected to my external works so focuses upon this love that brings this humility. Love suffers long, it's very patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't boast about itself. Love is not proud. There's no time for self-exaltation. No time, no room for pride. That's the nature of love. The Lord was getting to their motivations, their hearts, their speeches, their private musings. 
Love is not rude, doesn't act improperly, doesn't seek her own, is not selfish, is not easily provoked. The understanding there, the provocation would be to boast and get angry, lose one's temper, be annoyed. Love works through, transforms a person. Love doesn't keep accounts of wrongs done against it. There are Christians who keep meditating on the wrongs done to them. And it's a lifestyle. It's a habit from the old life they haven't broken. God says, let go. Let go. Remember how much you did against me and how I forgave you. Oh, the love of God. Who gave himself not only as a sacrifice, according to Ephesians 5, but as an offering for us. He loved us so much. He came to bring peace between us and the Father through the blood of His cross, to take our hands right to the Father's hand through the death of His body. He gave His life. He brought divine peace. The Lord says, go with the flow. Stand for the truth. As we'll see, it says, love doesn't rejoice in evil, but rejoices in the truth. There's a standing of love with the truth. doesn't mean that we forget the truth, forget the commandments, and just love everybody in the world. That would be a humanistic love devoid of the truth, which won't help anyone. But there's a compassion and patience. There's a dependence upon God and a cry to the Lord from the heart, Lord, change me. And the disciples will learn right here in this passage in Mark 9. They need a lot of work. Change. Big changes are required on the inside. This is why not everyone that does charitable work on the outside will be accepted with God because God says, without love, no matter what you do, what I do, it means nothing. And love is described right here, what God is looking for, what he defines as love. In 1 Corinthians 4 to 7, love bears all things, believes all things, that is, regarding the truth, what God says, hopes all things and endures all things. Love never fails. What an antidote for confusion in the soul and pride and Doubt, love is strong. God's love is strong. Helps us to endure. Helps us to believe. It's a faith that works by love that God gives us. Now three things abide. Faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. For God so loved the world. That's his nature. God is love. God's love gives us confidence. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, we know we have a spirit of God yearning and crying through us and within us and to God saying, Abba, Father, oh Father. The connection gets stronger and stronger as we abide in the vine. We become more more fruitful. The fruit of the Spirit 
takes precedence and priority over the gifts of the Spirit. As we see in 1 Corinthians 13, the demonstration of the power of God is only accepted with God if it comes from a heart that is broken and full of love, full of compassion, full of patience, full of goodness, full of self-control and faithfulness. God is changing the heart so that more of the Holy Spirit can flow. He said, what are you talking about on the way? All that they've seen, all that they've experienced. If the heart is not changed to love and be humble, everything's lost, so the Lord pays attention to that. He diagnoses this as a big problem, major problem. He's a great physician, and he comes and gives them their remedy. He's always giving us the solution. If we but turn to him, say, Father, why is this going on? The Lord shows exactly why. He shows the remedy. He is so good. He's near us. He's near to everyone who would look for him. He's called the twelve and said, Come here, Peter, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thaddeus, Simon, all of you come here. The whole group of them. Though they didn't tell him what they were arguing about, he knew, and he said, let me tell you, if any man desires to be first, you're talking about first, who's first? That person is going to be last and servant of all. He who humbles himself shall be exalted by the Lord. As we close this morning, the Lord brought this to me, the focus on verses 36 and 37. To give a visual, a demonstration of the actual. He took a child. He's talking to these grown men about the nature of God's kingdom. It's not like the nature of the world's kingdoms. Oh, our loving Savior, beautiful is the Lord. And he took a child and set them in the midst of them. When he had taken them in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one such children in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. If you receive a humble child that may be seen as negligible by busy adults and big activities that grown-ups do and the urgency of the day, you've seen the Lord also say, whoever humbles himself as a little child, humbles himself as this little child. He said in so many words that person is the one that is fit for the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. No one gets to heaven without being utterly broken down of every pride. No pride will enter heaven. No pride can enter heaven. But a sweet spirit, a beautiful spirit, a transformed spirit, we're wrangling, arguing, 
vying for first place and position and throwing tantrums. All of that is gone. Love keeps no record of wrong done against it. Love is humble. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle. He took a child to show them if you're humble enough to understand and you're condescending enough, quote-unquote, to see the value of innocence and humility and the worth of imitating a good normal child humble child you receive such a child in my name you're receiving me when you receive me it's not just me you're receiving you're receiving my father who sent me it's humility No competition. Focuses on the Lord to love Him with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. And to have a value shift within us. To have a shift in our understanding that the world has tried to inculcate its desires and its passion and its promise of success and tactics that human beings use on the job in the family even and sad to say even in the church to bring this carnality the Lord said that has to be crucified he says I'm looking for people just like little ones who don't manifest pride, good children, innocent ones, humble ones, just a sense of wonder, instantly believing, full of joy. Psalm 131 again, we refer to that often now. My soul is even as a weaned child. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with things too high for me. But my soul is like a weaned child. My hope, my strength, my all is in you. No more wrangling about position and how I look and what people think about me and how I can be number one. It's a cursed thing for any nation, any family, any individual to boast about being number one except in the cross that God has lifted us up and all the glory goes to God. Hallelujah. The love of God changes our hearts and the seriousness, the gravity of the need to become humble like a little child cannot escape the person who is sincere in reading the word of God. We cannot miss it.
and the Holy Spirit continues to work where this faith that works by love begins to grow. Love believes all things. Everything God says. It's a bright future. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. You have everything concerning our future. Everything that we need, Lord. Your storehouse is inexhaustible. Your miracles unceasing. Your love eternal for your children. Unbending. Hallelujah. God wants us to become more like Him so we can walk with Him and have power like Him to drive out the devil, to bring His kingdom down. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, Lord, ever changes. The sweetest experience we can have, Lord, is to have fellowship with you, genuine fellowship with you, because we keep your commandments. Because we understand that you're there to help us, Lord, when there's failure. Lord, you're able to mend that which is broken. You're able to forgive that which is rough on the outside because of a problem on the inside. You get to the root and the heart of the problem. Lord, you fix our hearts. May holy blood flow through every heart and correct that which is wrong so that we become like little children, believing you, trusting you, humbling ourselves, depending upon you, having joy and wonder in your goodness and your greatness because you cannot fail. Hallelujah. Love never fails. Hallelujah. We're in you. We cannot fail. Hallelujah. Every petition will be heard by the Lord of love. Hallelujah. You grant us what we need, Lord. We abide in you and your words abide in us. As you said in John fifteen seven. He said, ask what you will. It shall be done to you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you for giving us the connection to the power source. Love of God leads us as much as we can contain from heaven into these cups. Ocean of your love and we keep on drawing from the well of everlasting life found in you, Lord. More love, more love. Oh, Jesus. Till we can be content like the Apostle Paul in whatever state we are whether full or empty. The emptiness won't be for long. You always fill us to overflowing. Thank you, Jesus. Because love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, bears all things. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Father. Lord, I pray that you help us to draw near to you continually through your word. There's no other way to draw near to you, Lord. Because Jesus is the word. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus. It's your word. Your revelation of who you are. The revelation of who we are. The revelation of the bridge that connects us back to you transforms our lives. Oh, Lord, help us to be yielding to your spirit, believing you, Lord, having the hope that can never be put to shame. Hallelujah. 
this poor man cried, cried unto the Lord. The Lord heard him and answered him, delivered him from all his fears. Their faces were not ashamed, but radiant. Because of your love, your goodness, your promises, because of your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, 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 rain down your mercy, giving us full assurance that our Father will never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus, Jesus will always be with us to help us. And you show us, Lord, how to make sure the connection remains strong by loving you, which is to keep your word by keeping your commandments, which is to love you. So we can grow stronger and stronger, Lord, and bring heaven on earth with your blessing. We thank you and praise you. Miracle working God, in Jesus' name. Amen.